Um, <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Hello, Fort. Yeah, baboom. Woohoo! What's up, Fort Worth? And welcome to another episode of the Fort Worth Freedom Review. If you're new here, the Freedom Review exists to inform and educate the Fort Worth and Tarrant County community about the values and the functions of civic engagement, the goings on of the local city council, the mayor and the county commissioner's court, as well as important news stories from our community and from the greater Texas community including state political issues. My name is Anthony Sosa. And today with me, let's go around the room and uh, have everybody else introduce yourselves with your voice. That would be fun. Let's start with uh, Thomas. Hi, my name is Thomas James Moore. And <laughs> uh, I am a local re resident of Tarrant County, and I'm here to talk about the Fort Worth City Council election uh, and other things. And it's going to be a whole lot of fun. And I hope you guys, you know, enjoy this. Hello again. My name is Michael Campbell, local criminal defense counsel, uh, also a local uh, activist here in the city of Fort Worth, a longtime uh, resident of Fort Worth. I've been in Fort Worth my entire life. Um, very familiar with the uh, the local officials and the local elections. And I look forward to this podcast. Um, my name is Amber Odell, and I uh, am, you, you might be familiar with me. I've been on here a few times in the past. Um, I am a resident of Fort Worth, and I um, am a resident of District 9. And uh, I'm a social worker here in the city of Fort Worth and a PH, a sociology PhD student. All right, is that me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, my name's Christopher Rose. I am a resident of Fort Worth, District 9 as well. Um, yeah, I'm here to get as much info out about candidates as I can, start some conversations. And I'm excited about what we have to talk about today. Yay. And I'm Anthony Sosa. I'm an educator in our local community, and I'm also a musician. And I'm also so happy to have all of you guys here today. This is going to be super fun. We're going to be talking about uh, the Fort Worth City Council candidates for this 2021 election, which is coming up very quickly. And so we had recently done an episode I don't know, five, six weeks ago when the filing date first opened up and now we are past the date and this is the final lineup of candidates. A couple of people have already dropped out. Uh, and so we're going we're gonna to talk to you guys about them. We're going to run down the list and then we are going to provide you guys with a spreadsheet that we're using that we've been kind of compiling all of our research on uh, and try to make that publicly available for you guys. If you guys have suggestions or recommendations, so we uh, some people we couldn't find very much information on. They didn't have campaign websites. They didn't have social media pages. Uh, if you know that they do or something and you would like, send it to us so we can add them, add that information to our spreadsheet. We want to get as much out there as possible for all of our listeners about all of these candidates. Uh, so please contact us on Twitter at FW Review or uh, contact us through Gmail at FWFreedomReview at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, that's how you can contact us. Please let us know what you think of the podcast. Please subscribe to us on Twitter and, and this stuff. And uh, yeah, I guess let's get into it. All right, so who had uh, District 2? That is, in fact, me. Hey-o. Okay, so District 2, 
Um, District 2, we have four candidates running. We have Carlos Flores, the current incumbent, uh, who's running for re-election. We have Jennifer Sodoy, uh, or Sardway. I really, really need to figure out how to pronounce her name. Sardoy? She's really good. Maybe, yeah, probably. It's like S-A-R-D-U-Y. Great, great candidate. Like, absolutely top of the line. Um, Theodore Gray, who I literally was only able to find a, a LinkedIn uh, profile for and a mention in the Fort Worth uh, Weekly uh, when they were talking about who was running for District 2. And then we have Juan Sixtos. So I'm going to go down the list. Um, I'm going to start with what should be the most familiar name first. It's Carlos Flores. He is a uh, a third generation or second generation. I think he's third generation uh, Fort Worthian. Um, he's been on the uh, city council since 2017. Um, he runs a campaign platform on uh, public safety uh, quotations, accountability, more quotations education and child care, homelessness and affordable housing, uh, insert quotations, parks and community facilities, public transportation and neighborhood revitalization. Now, a couple things about Carlos. Uh, one of his biggest donors is the Fort Worth Police Officers Association. Um, so Ew. when it comes to public safety, his uh, judgment is a little biased, and uh, that is apparent in the last... Uh, vote for the reach confer agreement which he voted for despite uh experts that the city council itself hired uh suggesting you know quite strongly that uh that they postpone it again until they could finish their assessment uh he still voted for this um you know and that, that comes to my next thing about accountability uh, I'm not really sure how you can run on accountability when you don't have a lot of transparency. They go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. um, also, you know, he's he's really, from what I've seen, he's really good about reaching out to neighborhoods and community outreach and stuff. I think that somewhere in there, there is a good candidate, but he just, he's afraid to break with certain norms that get him elected, you know? Um, last last election he had, he almost lost. Like it was, I think, from the last time I spoke with him, he was saying it was the most expensive election in Fort Worth history. Like it must have been a political bloodbath, but still, um, you know, he's he's very much the status quo. I know that when they uh, were voting for some of the. Uh, more more homeless shelters and more more funds more funding for you know homeless outreach and everything uh carrie moon and betsy price had actually uh cut the aid that they were going to use for it in half saying that they wanted the rest of it to go to uh other people who also kind of need it which is code for you know i don't want to spend money on poor people but he didn't really fight it as much i don't remember him speaking out at all matter of fact the only person i was i I remember in my recollection that had any pushback was uh, Councilwoman Zeta. So he's very much your established city councilman. Um, 
if you like how Fort Worth has been doing things, he's probably your guy. If you want some change, he's probably not your guy. And that's just, that's just where I am with that. Um, Awesome point, Thomas. Thank you. Next, we are on to, and I have to pull up her thing because I want to make sure I get this right. Uh, Jennifer Sardui, Sardway. Um, I'm actually going to have to like get a hold of her and be like, how do I pronounce your name? Because I don't want to butcher it anymore. Um, <laughs> she is the co-founder of something called Rebirth Equity, which uh, basically helps people, um, low-income, marginalized communities. It, it helps them with... Um, a lot of their uh, problems with actually, um, from what I understand, with actually you know giving birth and everything. But she's she's very very progressive in her policy platform. Um, everything I've seen from her outreach uh, tells me that she's actually been paying a lot of attention. For instance, you know on her platform, um, she's about ending homelessness, and I like how she introduced it. She said that housing is better than harassment. And that's a really big deal because I know we've got an increased uh, homeless population now because of COVID and other, other things. But uh, for the longest time, you know, if you look at these cities, they don't like the homeless. They don't like homeless outreach. Okay. Yeah. Like you, I, I see them complain more about the homeless people asking for money on the side of the road and panhandling. Than I do them actually trying to solve the, the problem. There was actually a Dallas uh, council council member not too long ago who was talking about how they were getting like saying like ridiculous stuff, like they were getting bust out there, they weren't really homeless, all this stuff. That's not true. What'll happen is they'll take like a small minority of people who might be doing that if they are doing that, and they'll try to apply that to everybody, and that's that's cruel. Okay, these are the people who you know decided vagrancy, which is basically homelessness, was a crime, which, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't know poverty was a crime, but here we are. But uh, in this country, you know, is, the fact, sure. yeah, the fact that she's, you know, speaking out that, you know, a lot of these ha- homeless people are getting harassed um, speaks a lot to me. Um, she seems to be really big on collaborating. So she's not like, oh, I'm going to do this. She's saying we're going to do this. Um, I think if she gets in there, she her her goal is going to be, you know, a lot of people talk about community outreach. I think she's actually going to achieve it because she's not just saying she's going to do it. She's kind of showing how, because when you look at the way she leads, you know, she, she moves together with people, you know? So, you know, I'm more inclined to trust her when she says, Hey, when I get up here, I'm going to be working with you guys instead of, I'm just going to be doing what I'm told. Um, Another thing I like is she talks about growth beats gentrification, um, kind of bold on a platform in a really conservative conservative city. Um, definitely relevant. She's she's definitely about having those hard conversations, and she's about you know fixing some some equitable problems we've had in our nation for a very long time. Uh, to me, it's, it looks like she's she's really got got her you know fingers on the pulse of a lot of the problems we have and she's talking about transforming the public safety we have in fort worth also um she went and took the pledge uh i'm gonna get the exact name so people can understand what this is there's an initiative 
Um, there's an initiative uh, that they have where people aren't taking money from uh, from cops or police. From uh, the POA? POAs, yeah. Um, she signed the no cash from cops.org pledge. So that means nice. when she goes in and say she gets elected and she starts voting on these pu- public safety matters, these matters involved with the police, you know that she has more of a vested interest in the community than the police. Because here's the thing, okay? They learned this with Nixon and Reagan and uh, a few other people. Um, public safety is a really, really, really good way of getting people out to vote for you, just scaring them into feeling safe. So that's why you see so many people running on law and order. This is also why uh, police POAs, police officers associations, their unions uh, have such good influence on these elections because what they'll do is they'll, you know, they'll endorse this person and give them like more money than any other donor. I mean, literally like they'll, they'll drop 10, 15 K on, on, on a candidate. You know, they just don't care as long as they get what they want. And what's happened is that's allowed them to creep into local government, state government, federal government. And what's, what's happening is that they've been able to broker deals that works for police and almost nobody else. Um, they've done studies on this. Police unions do not make communities safer. The only uh, adverse effect it has on crime at all is that incidentally uh, the occurrence of unarmed people getting harmed by police in some way goes up uh, as this goes on. Because what will happen is eventually, you know, the unions will fight for a raise and the cities are basically trying to give them whatever because things are like way too heavily in their favor uh, as, as, you know, things are, are right now. And what will happen is they can't give them any more raise money. So they'll say, okay, Give us some accountability. Let us police ourselves, you know. Let us come up with our own review, you know. And we'll, what, what that translates into is, you know, cop does something bad, you can't necessarily just fire him right out. They have, like, this arbitration period and all those other things. And a lot of times, those cops will, uh, since they're union members, they're lawyer up, and about half of them will end up getting their jobs back, even if the police department itself was one of these guys gone. Which means you have you know, less safe police. And as, th- as time goes on, what that translates into is less social currency. So you have worse community trust and that hurts, hurts everything else. So it's really important to have candidates who aren't taking money from them, who don't, doesn't, you know, kind of have their, their money in both sides of the cookie jar because it's bad faith. A hundred percent. A lot of these can't, yeah. And a lot of these candidates, Carlos Flores especially, um, they'll take money, but they don't want people to know that. I know this because I spoke in, at the city council meeting when they were trying to actually both of them when they were trying to vote on the reach confer agreement meet and, and uh, meet and confer. I always get those those reach and meet mm-hmm. interchangeable. But uh, when I spoke there, you know, I I made it a point to bring up the fact that most of the city council members had taken money from the four POA, and the only person who didn't, the only reason he didn't was because he ended up beating the person they backed. But he was still very pro-police, you know? Yeah. And so, um, I mean, that's a, that's a question we want to eventually ask if, you know, all of these candidates, like whether they, they pledge like like Jennifer is or not, you know, this this money. Right. And what they'll try to say, and this is what uh, 
Thoris tried telling me is people already know this, you know, because you can get it on the internet. I was like, yeah, but no, they don't. And a lot of people don't know how to look this stuff up, you know. So That's I what think we're here for. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's in the best interest of transparency for them to disclose this information, especially before they vote on these things, because it has real imp- implications. <clears throat> you want to know why we're, you know, we're having so much problems in the streets? It's stuff like this. This is where it starts. Hundred percent. When you get more, when you get policymakers that are more invested in the community than they are the police, you get real policy. Yep. You know. All right, Thomas. Let's let's con- let's continue moving on. Then we got a yeah. got a Sorry. lot of people to get through. Yeah. So she's she's good. Um, and that is pretty much. Let me double check. Make sure I'm not skipping anyone. We got Jennifer Gray. Six. Okay. I have Theodore Gray, but I couldn't really find much on him. Um, basically, all I know is he's a uh, he immigrated here. Um, he is a business owner, but that's that's really all I got on him. Then we have Juan Sixtos. He's an engineer in Fort Worth native. Calls himself a proud te- Texan with a keen interest in civic duty. Self-described Christian family man, probably Republican without the name but i mean that's that's all i could find on that guy Th- those two i think are probably going to either drop out or you know get beaten pretty early because there's just i don't see a lot of a presence there gotcha for when they're running yeah and then the and then that wraps up district two i also have district three but i mean not a lot's changed you have more people running but really the only three i think that you know, are worth talking about are number one, Michael Crane. Uh, I don't want this guy to win, but he's probably the front runner night right now. Um, he was the director for Councilman Brian Bird, who's now running for mayor. I think he was District Three. He's he's stepping down. Um, he was the former chief of staff staff at the United States Embassy Embassy in Beijing for the Bush administration, Bush Jr. And he's also served as an international trade consultant. A little overqualified. This is like a retirement job for this guy, basically. That's right. I remember this. I remember you talking about this guy last Yeah, time. super Republican, super qualified. Uh, you're going to need to mount a really good uh, campaign against them. Uh, there's Tiny Cotter. I talked to her. Uh, she's a local member of the community. She's been running for a while now. Problem is, I couldn't get her to get back to me on a lot, lot of uh, important stuff. And then there is our girl katie johnson um you know I, I ran into katie i'm pretty sure through you know our activism to these grass grassroots issues um she looks like you know the person you should vote for if you want a more progressive candidate if you're tired of the status quo and you live in district three this is who i'd recommend um is she newer yeah uh, i don't remember she, her from last time yeah, I didn't mention her last time because I don't think she had filed. I think she was thinking about filing. Gotcha. Yeah, and now, like, there's, like, ten people on this thing, but I can only find, like, stuff on, like, three of them. Right. Mm. What's she so, all about? So, she's about going off of her platform. She's about district revitalization. So, that's basically revamping neglected areas, improving property taxes, uh, improving the Las Vegas Trail, 
So she's getting very specific. She's start, talking about starting a litter pickup program, proving public education, all really good. Proving crime prevention. The only problem is she's got bullet points. I'm not seeing a lot of how you're going to do it. Looks like she's big on reducing unemployment, uh, improving city infrastructure, uh, really big mention of community outreach, which is good. Um, she's about a garden compost program, so there might be a community garden thing she, she endorses. Um, we love you. Yeah. Yeah. Love a community garden. She's been on public transport, which is really, a lot of people don't realize how important this is, you know. One of the things in the COVID bill that, that just passed, they took out was a lot of the transport thing. And the only reason it was in there was because that's people's, you know, main form of transportation. Likewise, in Fort Worth, especially in District 3, uh, we don't have enough bus routes. We don't have enough improved yeah. bus schedules. You know, we don't have enough, you know, public bike lanes. They're they're Was they're redoing that right Sorry. now, right? The bus the bus system. I remember they sent out a survey. I don't know four months ago, six months ago, or something, asking like, "Would you like more routes and slightly quicker times, or like really super fast times of the routes that we already have?" And stuff like that. Like, where where in the city do you want more bus things? So I think they're slowly trying to get yeah. get that resolved. But yeah, it's definitely important yeah. to have somebody who knows knows yeah, what they're, they're doing with that stuff. They're making headways. It's just it's going to take some time, but yeah. you really need people who are going to push that. Um, looks like she's very focused on the youth and also the homeless. Um, okay. Talking about giving them job training, state identification resource, employment opportunities, education programs, easier access to food and shelter, public transportation, something called the Get Off the Street Initiatives. Hmm. She's talking about crime prevention and... You know, this is her, her last little bullet point, and she says she's about improved police training, reducing means of crime, improving crime stopper incentives, restitution solutions for youth and first-time offenders. Um, that's good, but I don't think it's good enough. Yeah, I agree. What does she mean by crime stopper incentives? See, that's the thing. She'll have things on here that have, like, little initiatives and stuff, but she never goes into what these initiatives are. You know, like a crime stopper incentive. Is that like incentivizing people to be like neighborhood crime watchers or is. Yeah, it's a good question. You got to like, be careful because um, I don't want to get Karen powers. People can be problematic. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was just curious. I'd like to, I'd like a definition. Um, if she could provide us with one, that'd be great. Yeah, a lot of her bullet points sound great. The problem is I'm not getting a lot of clarifications. Like, how are you going to do this? Yeah. Now, don't just say you're going. Like, I want to know how, because otherwise they're just bullet points. They're not actual parts of your policy. Yeah. So, but yeah, those, that's what we... Sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, it, it, I guess go ahead and run down the, the rest of the people who are running in District 3, even though we don't have any info on them. And again, if you listener know about these people or are this person feel free to contact us uh <laughs> and give us any information we'd love to also we're going to try and reach out to all of these candidates with like a questionnaire at some point so we can uh talk about some some answers to a lot of these questions that we have and also listener if you have questions you'd like you'd like us to ask them please feel, feel free to hit us up on twitter fw review or our gmail address uh fw freedom review at gmail.com okay so we have mike Viserys. Or I'm sorry, yeah, Michael Caceres, Tanya Carter, Michael Crane, Daniel Fattori, 
Andy Gallagher, who, who the only thing I can find out about this dude was that he was refusing to answer any questions. <laughs> I'm okay. not even joking. Okay. And he's like, he, he's like a car salesman or something. That, that's all I got on this guy. Kitty Johnson, who we went over, and then Anne Lowe and Adrian Smith. I think what's going to happen is this is, you know, the, a lot of these races are going to go to runoffs. You're going to be dealing with one or two of these people. It's probably, in, if I had to bet, I, I, in this race, I'd say it's probably come down to Michael Crane and Katie Johnson, if I was a gay, uh, betting man. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Thomas. So who's no next? Problem. Who's got District 4? I have District 4. Let's see. Um, so District 4, not a lot has changed in that some more people have signed up. Um, but but we don't have a lot of info about them. Um, so there's a Jorge Chavez um, that I could find. Literally nothing on. Um, there There is a, a Star Telegram article that lists him as a risk analyst um and that that is all on (laughs) on that candidate (laughs) um then there is christy hanhart um i found a campaign facebook for her um and there wasn't a ton of info on it she posted something um like years ago she ran for um, a position in the HEB school district. Um, and she posted something back then about supporting free breakfast and lunch in schools. Okay. Um, and then she posted some, or she posted a, like a Democrat meme. Um, or it was like, it was like posted by like a Democrat page on Facebook that said something about, you know, supporting like, black lives and women's right to choose and stuff. Um, and she posted some anti-Trump memes around the January 6th incident. So that is all the information we have on her. All right. Um, Carrie Moon is running again. So he's, you know, he's the incumbent. Um, I didn't think he was going to run for a while. He waited a while to sign up. Um, West Day, right? Um, I I don't have that information in front of me, um, so I'm not quite sure. Um, but yeah, he's he's been there. So if you if you've liked what he's doing, (laughs) then uh, then you know you might be interested in in sharing with him, sharing voting for him. Um, he is, he's running on a platform of improving city financials, um, of course on not increasing property taxes, of course, um, on smarter development, um, in the North part of the district. Ah. Sorry. Smarter? Yeah. Smarter development. Yeah. Um, it says that. Evidence-based uh, development. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, he wants to update building standards to ensure a quality product while enhancing city processes for more timely permitting. Okay. Oh, I wonder if that is like maybe in relation to um the storm 
because I know there was like a lot of there was like all this stuff coming out. I don't know if it was like in forward specifically, but I saw some other um people coming out and talking about um how like in some subdivisions and like certain buildings there were just like issues with um construction where people were cutting corners like regarding plumbing and that kind of thing um which made it like way more likely for them to have like burst pipes and stuff like that um so i'm wondering if like maybe that would be an example of smarter development or (laughs) um i don't know okay anyways um sorry No, that zoning it seems to be a thing uh, for him. He's also a multifamily uh, like development. Does anyone know his voting record or familiar with how he's voted in the past in the city council? Who, Carrie Moon? Yeah. I was going to say, but Thomas does. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not going to say this guy is Satan, but when, when Betsy Price went to slash uh, our housing outreach last time, she reached out to Carrie Moon. Okay. Um, yeah, so that, that should tell you a lot about his voting record. Gotcha. So he's, so he's in, got in he's Betsy. pretty specific about what he wants to get done. So if you have specific things that you want to see happen in Fort Worth, then you might be interested in checking out CarrieMoon.com to see whether yeah. you might want to support him. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. I will give him that. He's really good at being descriptive, you know, clear yeah. and concise. Yeah. Yeah, he he really is. Um, he's got like very lots of specifics about like different areas of the district. Excellent. Only comment on he he says. To improve community policing, the Fort Worth Mayor and Council and Fort Worth PD have banned chokeholds, added de-escalation training, added crisis intervention teams, and updated training standards at all levels. So his stance on what we need to do to benefit public safety is, we've done it. Don't worry. Okay. And very procedural. Yeah. We've got new policies. Too bad they don't follow them. He said, don't worry about that, guys. <laughs> You're good. You're good on that. Yeah. yeah. That's all I'm going to say about him. There's plenty of information out there if you think that you might want to vote for him. Um, yeah. Anyway, so next we've got Max Stryker. Whoa, that name. What a I name. I know. That, I will that, that man is a badass. Uh, I encountered <laughs> Pokemon uh, makes me like think rabbit of G.I. Joe like action figure <laughs> it's hard to guy, find info on him this guy <laughs> wears those Hawaiian shirts but like with the flames on them so you know he's edgy <laughs> yeah I, I hope, yeah I, I hope we're not we're not we're not we're not hating I just I just think it's a cool name sorry yeah yeah no I I just thought it was uh, I thought it was fun as well but then I couldn't find much info on him because um his name kept pulling up other things Oh, <laughs> like Pokemon. <laughs> um. Anyway, <laughs> I couldn't find much on him. Um, he went to UNT, um, and Texas Wesleyan. He is an attorney. He was in the army, and that's about it. All right. Yeah. 
Um, then next we've got Tara Wilson. We love Tara Wilson. Um, she yeah. was the only one in District 4 last time. Um, so she was the first person to sign up um, that didn't wait till the last minute. Because if Carrie Moon did it on the last day, I'm pretty sure Christy Hanhart and Jorge Chavez did it after him. Hmm. At least if that's how the website's laid out. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but anyway, yeah, Tara will vote tarawilson.com if you want to check out um she's got a, a really good issues page uh, with her points um she's all about social justice issues um she works with the criminal justice team at united fort worth um she's all about more accessibility and transparency in um in city hall and uh she she puts a big emphasis on uh you know it being a people governed city or at least wanting it to be a people governed city um she also mentions uh responsible spending and oversight of the budget um and she also has a, a write in box so that you of district 4 may let her know what is important to you as well which i think is really cool yeah that's always cool when they do that yeah. Um, she's also endorsed by Vance Keys, who ran for sheriff in oh, nice. the November election. We like nice. him a lot. Yeah. I'm going to add that as a tab um, on the thingy because that'll be good. What was that? I'm going to add that as another column on our spreadsheet mm. endorsements. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Nice. Um, she also does a Facebook Live every uh, Tuesday. So she's just big on engaging with um, her district. Very cool. Um, yeah. So that's District Four. Hey, hey, Christy, who did you say was the attorney? Uh, that's Max Stryker. Do you know him? I know Matt Stryker. Okay, tell us okay, a little bit true. about him. I know him. I personally know him. Um, I know he does uh, civil, some lower level criminal defense work, but mainly civil law. Uh, at one point, he was working at Scott. Bernie and Associates, where uh, attorney Mark Scott is the lead in that firm. Uh, Matt Starker is a good guy. I know he ran before, and it's just, I, I'm drawing a blank as to what city, but it wasn't Fort Worth. It was one of the smaller cities, maybe Watauga, maybe Saginaw, but uh, uh, one of the smaller suburban cities. And I don't know what was the outcome, but I'm assuming if he's run, running for Fort Worth now, that he was unsuccessful in his attempts uh, at city council in that other city. Uh, Matt Stryker is a good guy, Christian man. I'm not too sure about his political ambitions and where he's mm. going with his political agenda, but I do know him personally. <laughs> well, that's Hi. cool. Yeah. Thank that's, you. That's more than I got about him. <laughs> <laughs> Verification. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. Who's uh, who's who's got five district five? Um, I also have district five. Oh, so if any nobody has any more comments about four, then I will move on. Um, district five is uh, currently Gina Bivens' district, and she is running again. Um, you can find info about her at ginabivens.com. Um, it, there's not a ton. Um, she's more just like, I'm still here, and I, you know. These are all the things that I did. 
um, on her website. So if you have liked what she's done um, in District 5, then um, then check it out because maybe she's done more than you think. Um, but I don't want to spend too much time talking about her because I believe that there are better candidates. So I'll move on to them. Um, <laughs> let's see. In between, we've got Antonio Twin Harris. I could not find anything on him. Um, he has a ballotpedia that literally just says he's running. Um, oh, wait, no, I don't think I even found a ballotpedia for him. Uh, Martasha wow. James had a ballotpedia that just said she's running. She's next. Um, and I couldn't find anything on her either. I think with Antonio Harris, um, there are that it might have been a search engine issue because there's like some story in Florida that I kept trying to pull up, and um, we might have to do some deeper digging. But he he doesn't have any very readily available information. Um, then we've got uh, Bob Willoughby. He is running on being very opposed to Gina Bivens. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, that's his. That's his main thing. Um, he he was the we talked about him last time. I don't want to spend all that time talking about him last time because or that we did last time because a lot of his stuff is like kind of ridiculous. Um, Just give us a quick refresher of the ridiculous. Yeah. So so he. He was the one who um, he he called out Gina Bivens for um, being endorsed by the Star Telegram after she voted to renew the city's three hundred thousand dollar contract with them. Um, he wants transparency in uh, neighborhood changes. That was a big thing for him. He oh, wants like yeah. when construction is going on, he wants there to be signs about what's happening. Um, that sounds reasonable. Yeah. Um, he also had a tab on schools, um, where the only information that it said was, um, this is in a direct quote, quite, but he, it was said something like, um, the 10 commandments are everywhere, but where we need them most. Um, and something about putting the, putting the 10 commandments in, in classrooms again. Um, (laughs) yeah. Uh, he, he had some specific things about like housing and like nuisance abatement complaints, um, or like, like housing complaints and nuisance abatements complaints. Um, and he very notably, um, wants to update recycling rules, um, and build a sorting center east of downtown where uh he wants homeless people to work in exchange for salvation army vouchers that's right yeah he's that one yeah (laughs) because they're just not working hard enough yep and give him vouchers so that's bob willoughby just a little little cringe refresher (laughs) a little cringe yeah yeah but we do have a good candidate for that district don't worry guys uh ricky vasquez um you can find more info about him at ricky vasquez for city council district 5.com that's the number five um he is currently the chairman of the stop six neighborhood 
Um, he is an advocate for the mental and emotional well-being of our youth through various developmental programs. Um, he's very into uh, keeping the local in local business and like reinforcing the economic growth of community as opposed to bringing in outside business, um, which I thought was really cool. Um, he's big on education. Um, like I said, he, he works with youth as it is. Um, and so that's a big thing for him. Um, and he had a, uh, he has a really fleshed out website with lots of plans for what he wants to do in, uh, district five. So I would for sure check that out. Um, if that's where you live and you are planning on voting, which I hope you are. So I have some input on this district. (laughs) Do it. So district five is stop sits area, right? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, stop since is dear to my heart. My, my grandmother, my dad's mom, uh, lived on Truman Street in Stop Sits. Um, and uh, my dad grew up in Stop Sits, and I spent a lot of time in Stop Sits. So, out of the candidates listed, I know personally Antonio Twin Harris. Oh, wonderful. And um, I also know uh, Miss Martasha James, and actually, I was reached out uh, by Martasha. Martasha's mom and uh, she uh, asked me what did I think about Martasha running for district. Oh, wow. And, you know, I'm an ambitious, optimistic person. I believe that, you know, you always look at that glass as half full. So I was like, hey, yeah, go for it. That's, you know, that was before I knew more about the candidate. Okay. Mm. She's younger. Uh, and I, 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 I give her kudos for even want to throw her name in the hat and in this in this high political climate in Fort Worth. But she's younger. Um, I think she's like 19 or 20 years old. Um, so her chances may not be as uh, great this go around, but, you know, for her to get the experience, it's awesome. We can, I asked her mom, what's her agenda? I have her number to call. We may even get her on the show to see what her agenda is okay. for nice. uh, District 5. Um, Richard Vasquez, uh, I know of him. He reached out to me during the, um, the protesting time. I think our, our, our great friend and colleague, um, Rod, may have a lot more insight on uh, Mr. Vasquez. I know they were, at one point, um, they know of each other. I don't, okay. I don't know if it's, you know, uh, their political uh, friends or foes, but gotcha. I know that they know of each other. And Rod has a, a lot of insight on Mr. Vasquez. I don't know Bob Willoughby, but, you know, from what you guys are saying, this platform sounds very interesting. Uh, <laughs> but I do know Antonio Harris. He's an elder, not older gentleman, not as old as Gina Bivens. Gina Bivens has been around Stop since forever. I think stop since needs some fresh air and, you know, you know, it's, I think Gina Bivens has had her day. I mean, God, you know, God bless her for her efforts, but, you know, I think her time is up. Um, I don't know who's the strongest candidate out of the, out of the four. Uh, Antonio has a long um, history in stop since he's a neighborhood guy. Uh, He's loved in the neighborhood. Uh, of stop sit so and him and his brother he has a twin um they go by the name of the Xerox twins um they came out and marched with us 
uh, back nice. in the George Floyd protests. And um, so I, I may could actually get him on. He reached out to me the other day and I didn't get a chance to get back to him. But now I'm, a, I'm assuming that he reached out probably because he wanted to let me know he was running and my thoughts about his campaign. So those are potentially two candidates that we can get on. I don't know who's the frontliner here, but it'll be interesting to see how District 5 comes out, stops this area. Yeah, that, thank you. That's a great, great point, Michael. And actually, I want to real quick while we're while we're talking about the districts and their geographic location, I just want to, in case our listeners don't know where their other districts are at, maybe you know your district, maybe you don't know what district you're in. Well, I'll just run down real quick where 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 you're at in the city and what district you're supposed to be in. So, District Two, what we started with, is essentially the north side of town, uh, west of 35, and then once you get super far north, kind of past 287 and up closer to Denton. Then it's pretty much just a long 35 on both sides of it. That is still District 2 all the way up to the racetrack. Um, District 3 is kind of the southwest section, like surrounding the Binbrook area. Um, and if, if, if we're going to provide this map for you guys in the show notes. Uh, as And if you, you'll look at it, you'll notice there are some kind of gaps that are not part of the district. That's because there's, the, there's these d- independent municipalities like Binbrook, for instance. So District 3 kind of surrounds that. Um District four is the northeast quadrant around Haltom City, also kind of following up along 35. And then now where we're at right now, what we're talking about, District five is the stop six area, but it also extends north of 35. I'm sorry, north of 30 and kind of, you know, kind of goes all the way up near towards the airport. But the 180 between 183 and 30, that northeast part of the city, it's uh, District five goes all the way up there as well. So now I guess we'll talk about District 6. This is the south side. This is south of 20 and near the Edgecliff area, kind of along Granbury, in between Granbury and 35. Um, who's doing? Di- oh, I'm doing District 6. Hey, oh. Uh, <laughs> so we don't really have, we have one new person here from last time around. And uh, I'm just going to kind of briefly recap uh, th- those candidates, but I'm not going to spend too much time talking about them because we did that on the previous episode, which will also be linked in the show notes. If you if you want to get some more details on some of these other candidates, we, we have that and you can go back and listen to that as well. We have uh, three candidates for this district. We've got the incumbent, Jungus Jordan, who has been the incumbent for 16 years. Um, he has no contact information. He's got a private Facebook page, but that's it. Um, he's got a really old campaign website. And he's uh, been doing this for a long time in District 3. I think we're all kind of on the same page. We, we all would like to see some new blood in our city making some uh, more, I don't know, modern decisions about stuff. Uh, so if you, you know, if you, if, if you want to learn more about Jungus, we've got some links there in, down, down in, the, in the doobly-doo. Uh, the other person that we talked about last time was Dr. Jared Williams who I was really into. He has a really, really nice looking campaign website with a bunch of information about his background, his upbringing, his, uh, all the stuff he's done, all the organizations he's worked for, where he graduated from. Um, and so I'm not going to run down all of that again. Um, but he, his website's available. He's, he was to me, I was like, this guy seems like a really good candidate. He's all about, uh, his, his platform essentially was jumpstarting the city's economy and trying to get businesses kind of back up after this, you know, the pandemic and everything, improving neighborhood safety, and then also promoting a fair and transparent and representative government. Those were kind of his three main things. He's a TCU graduate. He got his master's from there. He got his doctorates from UNT. He's been living in the area. He grew up in Fort Worth, been living here his whole life, essentially. Um, uh, 
is a part of multiple organizations. So he seems like a pretty good, pretty good candidate. He, he, a has a website, which is more than we can say for a lot of these people. And it's a good website. It has a lot of detail in it. So if you want to know more, go check out drjaredwilliams.com. Our new person that I didn't mention last podcast uh, is Tasia Leggett. Uh, and she too has a really nice looking website. It isn't quite as detailed as Dr. Williams's, but uh, she does tell us a little bit about herself. Um, her, her platform, essentially, there's not a lot of information about her platform. There's four bullet points and that's really about it. They are recharge district six, not exactly sure her definition for recharge in this setting, but okay. Uh, envision change lead together and activate community. So those all sound really nice. I'm not exactly sure what she means by these things. And I would like to see some more details kind of about these, but I, I, I'm actually going to read from her page, her website about her, um, her bio. Cause that's really where we get the most information is like in her about section. So I'm just going to kind of read from that. She was, uh, born in Fort Worth at Carswell air force base. So she's, you know, born and raised here essentially. Um, she is the eldest of 11 grandchildren, uh, and loves her faith, family, and friends and a good book. She began her career as a journalist before transitioning to the fields of public relations and public affairs. She worked for over 10 years in Tarrant and Johnson counties, developing community outreach and education strategies for corporations and nonprofits. Her role includes strategic planning, budgeting, program development, policy creation, speech writing, identifying and developing potential community partnerships. So all this sounds pretty nice. You know, okay, cool. I'm, I'm not going to read the entire, but I'm going to kind of skip towards the bottom. Uh, she is the founding president of Bridge, which is an acronym B-R-I-D-G-E, Fort Worth, and uh, I'm not sure what that stands for, and was recently recognized as a 40 under 40 by the Fort Worth Business Press. She was appointed to the Blue Ribbons Citizens Committee, established by the Tarrant County Commissioner's Court to review the future needs of the JPS Health Network. And she's a member of the Fort Worth chapter of The Links Incorporated and is also a UNT graduate. Um... So yeah, like she seems like she's been doing stuff in the community. She seems pretty competent and, you know, credentialed if, if credentials are what you're looking for. Um, but as far as like what she wants to do, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, but it's an, another, you know, again, just the fact that you got a nice looking website and some information about yourself is more than we can say for a lot of these candidates. So, but we got her, we've got Jungus Jordan who has been doing this forever. You can go back and learn as much as when, like learn as much as you want about him, but there's not a lot about him on the internet. And he doesn't seem to be interested in reaching out to his constituents. And then we have Dr. Jared Williams. So two newcomers with, with nice look websites and one of them kind of explaining exactly what they want to do and one, and one not so much. So I'll come back here and do district eight after this is district seven and district seven is located on the Northwestern side of town. So like, kind of Jacksboro Highway all the way out to Eagle Mountain, Mountain, Saginaw, that whole, so the northern chunk of 820, all of that northwestern section of town. Uh, Amber, this is your section, right? Uh, that's Mike. Oh, Mike, my bad, my bad. Mike, go for it. Yeah, yeah, District 7, um, you know, also carries up the northern part of 35 uh, off of 820, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, out of all of the district, District 7 carries the most uh, listed candidates. We have a total of, I believe, 12. And uh, one may have already, one has already dropped out. Uh, Paxton Motherall, he withdrew. 
because he had a, a prior contract with the city. I guess he thought there may have been a conflict of interest there. Interesting. Uh, the, his contract was with um, the, um, I slips my mind, but I want to say the uh, Chisholm Trail um, freeway uh, that runs through the city. So Paxton Motherall dropped out. He dropped out uh, in February last month, and he endorsed Leonard Firestone, which Mr. Firestone is uh, a very successful businessman. He started the Texas Whiskey Distillery that uh, a lot of people are. I just found out about this distillery, but it's a huge distillery on the east side of Fort Worth off of Mitchell Boulevard. Um, uh, 10 acreage plus a whiskey distillery, which is the biggest distillery in Texas, from my understanding. He's the uh, the founding own, co-owner of this distillery. He was endorsed by Paxton Motherall when Mr. Motherall uh, dropped out. Um, he has. Um, you say he was endorsed by Paxton, like the Attorney General. No, Paxton Motherall. Oh, my bad. Okay. Pa- yeah, Paxton Motherall is the candidate that was oh, um, okay. a, a listed candidate for District Seven, but dropped out. Gotcha. Um, uh, Linda Firestone may be one of the strongest candidates uh, of this district. Uh, the incumbent, uh, the incumbent, excuse me, Dennis Singleton. Uh, it's retiring. He had office since 2011. So I'm just going to run through this list very quickly. I, I kind of categorized uh, this list because it was such a huge list. The least um, information uh, that I could find on, the, on on certain candidates would have been uh, Irvin Thomas, who has no information on the internet, no page, no Facebook page, no Twitter. Uh, no social media. Um, there's also a Michelle Stevens McNeil and a Nick Genua, who I found only their personal pages on uh, Facebook, who didn't really, which really didn't list their uh, agendas or the platform that they're running on. So, huh. hey guys, if you know potential candidates, one of the easiest things you could do is make yourself make yourself accessible to the public through the the web i mean let's just use that to your advantage if you're running for office it's easily it's easily accessible uh we're in the digital age so please candidates make yourself accessible online social media so many platforms where you can you know um put your agenda and platform out there so Irvin, michelle and nick we need more information to have a uh, to be able to say yay or nay, you guys. But uh, going through the list um, with the other candidates, Lee Henderson went to Arlington Heights High School. He studied at UT Dallas. Uh, I found some information for him through his uh, Facebook uh, campaign page. He's okay. a, listed as a political strategist uh, by the Star Telegram. Uh, but Lee Henderson, um, ALCU, former president of the ACLU of Texas, veteran of political campaigns and advocacy organizations. And I have all of these candidates' uh, contact information, emails, Twitter handles, uh, social media handles. I will add that to the spreadsheet so 
we can uh, make that accessible to the public. But awesome. uh, Mr. Henderson, um, he's accessible on Facebook. We also have Sean Lassiter. Uh, uh, his Facebook page says that he's a committed committed community leader, uh, striving to make forward the city everywhere citizens can thrive. Uh, oh, she she has didn't, didn't Sean Lassiter drop out. I didn't see that she dropped out. Oh, weird. Okay, I wonder and, where I saw and that. If anyone has any information on that, please update me. But I didn't see any information on her dropping out. Only the that Paxton guy. She's a former teacher, mother of three, and leader in education and racial justice per her her page. Um, Zeb Pent. Um, not much information I found on him other than his um, contact information online. We uh, talked about him Chrissy. a lot last time. Some information. Started a group against allowing transgender youth to use the bathroom with their choice in Fort Worth ISC schools. Uh, stands for Fort Worth. Uh, he's, they were supported by OAG Ken Patson, State of Texas. There's Patson uh, Sosa. He just brought him up and he showed up. Uh, Ken Patson have supported this group uh, for not allowing transgender youth to use the bathroom of their choice in Fort Worth ISD. Uh, seems a little outdated to me. And uh, Ken Patson is not the guy you want endorsing or supporting anything that you're supporting. Uh, True. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when, uh, let's see, when Mike Steele posted things on social media, um, this guy, Mr. Zell Pent, um, you know, struck back. He launched his own petition to remove another member for their support of Planned Parenthood and other liberal causes. So if you're looking for a very conservative uh, right candidate, I think Zell Pent would be your guy. Not necessarily the guy that I would want to vote for myself, but hey, just vote. Yeah, we just want to get everyone out to vote. But um, he is um, he is also running for District Seven. I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know. I I agree with you, Michael. We want people to vote, but don't don't vote don't vote for that guy. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't need right, it. We don't right, need someone right. like that in there. But sorry, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. We also have Cornelia Cottrell, Miguel Warren, Jake Werman. Joseph Lockhart and Morris Curley and real quickly on these people because there's not much information on them online. They do have, most of them do have uh, social media handles. Uh, Zamora and Lockhart and Curley uh, are your minority candidates running out of this district. Um, very briefly, Sorry, so many candidates and so many information. I'm shuffling. No, you're fine. I totally understand. No, that's good. So Zamora is listed as a senior marketing coordinator. Uh, nothing sexy about his online uh, information. Uh, Joseph Lockhart said he met with Den Dennis Shingleton on uh, February 8th about the infrastructure of their district. Uh, he claims to be a new voice and a new vision to help make uh, a great city even better. Uh, Morris Curley Jr. is a candidate 
uh, native of Dallas, born and raised, former officer, received a criminal justice degree at UTA, MBA in finance at Dallas Baptist, also attended the Oxford University Executive Management Program, uh, currently a business owner, ties with former business commerce. Uh, he's a former police officer where he was advocate for community policing. In addition, he was over the fixed income department in Silicon Valley for a brokerage company for many years. Uh, his priorities include ensuring Fort Worth remains a safe and family-oriented family city while continuing to work with first responders and support small business. Uh, he has a pretty interesting page. There's a lot of information uh, on Morris Curley Jr.'s page. Um, Jake Warman, didn't find much on him. Uh, candidate, he said call or text him if you have any questions at 972-890-2591. Jake Warman, candidate for District 7. So that's District 7. In uh, in a nutshell, um, again, I think just because of his business uh, experience and success, I think and Firestone may have the leg up in this mm -hmm. district. Not that I'm voting for him, or uh, I don't think I'm voting for him at all, actually. But I think he has the leg up in District Seven. Interesting. Oh, interesting. Awesome. Thank you, Michael. So anybody else have anything to say about any of those candidates from District 7? Anything you want to say nope. about, about about Mr. Pent? Okay. Um, so <laughs> I've already said some things about Mr. Pent. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Go back a couple episodes. <laughs> um, so Don't get me started. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> so let's, let's uh, uh, do District 8. Uh, and again, for District 8, if you don't know, is like kind of like the the west side of stop six a little bit like it's kind of like the the eastern half of i-35 down the middle of the city all the way down to everman pretty much uh and around everman and so in this in this uh district we've got kelly allen gray who was the incumbent again we kind of went into a lot of detail about her last time i won't do that all over again um we've got christopher johnson uh but did you talk about the prostitutes last time? No, the sex workers. No, we didn't. Maybe we did. Oh. I feel like every time we talk about her, we, we talk about. I was about using that. her words. There um, was some point. My sex workers in my district behind my <laughs> residence home doing unlewd things. I will never forget that conversation. I will never either. It was one of those conversations where you like were like, "Okay, it's almost over. Okay, it's yeah. almost over." okay it's almost over it's like wow okay like it's still going yeah we were there to talk yeah. about something completely different in 20 minutes in it's like just she's still going off about that that one thing it, anyways anyways so okay, sorry, <laughs> sorry no, to bring him back up that's like, okay i'm not over it yet no she did she just thought she felt the need to talk about uh the sex workers in her district for an extended period of time um we've also got derogatory manner yes in a, in a yes didn't seem to view them as constituents, which was unfortunate. Mm -hmm. um, so, so you know, so she's still running. She's running again. She's been the incumbent for nine years, um, but she she hasn't really updated her campaign page. I'm assuming looks like the same as, as it did a, a few year, a couple of years ago. Didn't it, she added COVID stuff, but everything else seemed to be pretty generic. 
and and a boilerplate. Um, Christopher Johnson is a new candidate. He, well, I talked about him last time, and he really hasn't updated any information since then. He has a Facebook page and a post, and that's really about it. He's an entrepreneur. Uh, the he's a founder of Neighborhood Life, and he's the vice president of the Poly Heights Neighborhood Association. And he his only platform initiative was like a more equitable and inclusive city. Um, and that's it. Not, not any more detailed than that. Um, Chris Nettles is also running. Oh, so Tyrone King. I'm sorry. Before I get to Chris, Tyrone King is also running, but and he's new. I didn't mention him last time, but I could not find any information about him. Um, so again, if you are Tyrone or if you know Tyrone, uh, feel free to contact us and we'll, we'll put that information out there for people. Chris Nettles uh, was... Uh, I talked about him last time as well. It was really uh, all about this guy. If if I was lived in District Eight, this is be, would be who I would support. Um, he was out on the streets a lot with us during the protests over the summer, and he ran for mayor. What was it, twenty eighteen? And it was like two twenty sixteen like mayor elections ago. And then he election. ran for city council against uh, against Kelly Allen last time around, um, and so he's running again. He is a businessman, an entrepreneur, and a community leader. Um, he owns and operates a local business, Haven of Purpose Child Care Center. And the, the center provides child care, education, and nutritious meals, and, and more to the children that they are responsible for. And it is a part of the Purpose Driven Ministries, which, where Mr. Nettles is the senior pastor. And so for eight years, the ministry has played an active part in the community. And we actually were, we were down going to the Home Depot over there off of Sycamore School, and we passed him and his family putting up some campaign signs. Um, so we're like, hey, look, he's, yeah. he's out there doing the work. Got a, got a nice looking sign over there. Um, his issues for his platform was infrastructure and public transportation, uh, affordable housing, and maintenance and repair. And the maintenance and repair was up there before the winter storm, uh, which now is going to need to be an even bigger deal or bigger issue. So he, he's running for District 8, and then we got another new candidate uh, named Millennium Woods Jr., and again, no no information. I was thinking with a name that unique, I would be able to find something, um, but I was not. So, uh, you know, again, if you know any information about Millennium Woods Jr. or Tyrone, we'd love to, to know about what they're, what they're running on as well. So that's, that's all we got for District 8, and uh, last but not least, coming in, coming in hot, we've got Amber with District 8. District 9, and this is the central part of the city. We are, full disclosure, members of District 9 here. Uh, it's kind of in- South Central. Yeah, South Central section of the city. Yeah. Hey, before we start District 9, can I chime in a little bit on 8? Please do. Oh, please. So, I, I'm definitely going out on the limb here uh, with you, Sosa. We're going to dive in that deep uh, sea together. Okay. And, and I'm, <laughs> in, I'm in full support of Chris Nettles. Uh, I'm a member of District 8. Uh, I endorse Chris Nettles awesome. for District 8. Um, I'm going to, uh, you heard it first here, uh, live and direct, <laughs> Chris Nettles for District 8. Uh, I know him personally. He's a good friend. He is also a pastor, a father. Uh, he has an after-school program that helps uh, transport and feed lower-income elementary uh, kids um, here in the Everett School District. Uh, you mentioned that he's a pastor. Uh, you won't find anything uh, negative on Mr. Nettles. He he is exactly what Ford needs. Awesome. I definitely what I don't live in in District Eight, but I also endorse Chris Nettles. I voted for him uh, when he ran for mayor. 
And um, even at that time, it was like kind of hard to find a lot of information on him. But the things that I did find, I was like, wow, like compared to like Mary Betsy Price, like this would be a huge improvement. And um, he seemed to be, you know, I don't know, like all of the candidates have like cute pictures of their family and they all, you know, like and their bios, like, you know, make themselves sound like they're really nice people and oh what a lovely family but like I kind of felt like Chris Nettles was like actually like genuinely that person (laughs) you know um not just like creating like a candidate image or a candidate profile or whatever it's that it seemed like very ingenuous in in my opinion hey we should get Chris on the show hey Chris if you're listening shout out (laughs) come holler at us man it's your boy Mike come talk to us Chris Nettles yeah. Cross your fingers for that, guys. Yeah. It'd be yeah, cool if I we am. could get a bunch of inter- <laughs> like snippet, like five or 10 minute interviews with a bunch of these candidates and just kind of put them all together in one episode. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be really yeah. cool. Assemble a dream team. Yeah, let's work on that. We'll do something. Yes. Our dream Fort Worth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, anyone else have anything nice to say about Chris Nettles or anyone else <laughs> running in District 8? No, Chris seems legit. Okie dokie. All right. Well, uh, with no further ado, I will get into um, District 9, where the race is really heating up. Um, I found several candidates when I was doing this research um, that I was like, oh, wow, like this sounds like a really great candidate. And I think one of the reasons why um, the race is heating up in the way that it is, is because our incumbent and um, I'll be, I'll speak for myself when I say um, our beloved and Zeta is running for mayor, um, <laughs> which sadly, sadly, but excitedly and positively, you know, hopefully she will not be leaving our lives and will become the next mayor of Fort Worth. I will say it first here. I, Amber O'Dell, social worker, uh, MSW, MA, uh, Master's in Criminology, Criminal Justice, PhD student, endorsed and Zeta for Mayor of Fort Worth. Um, in case anyone didn't already know that I felt that way, because I talk about it all the time. Um, <laughs> but since she's leaving us, um, it has. there will be, needless to say, empty shoes, like big shoes to fill, but a void in our hearts and minds with her not representing us anymore. Um, so a lot of people are stepping in uh, to try to fill that void. Uh, first, I will begin uh, with Ricardo Avitia, who is, I believe, the founder of the uh, grassroots movement um, taking place over here on uh, on the south side, um, Hemp Hill No Se Vende, uh, which means Hemp Hill is not for sale. And I don't know if you guys, um, was he in the race last time you guys talked? No, no, there were just two people no. that were in the race and one of them okay. had no info. Okay. I know we've like very briefly um, covered this movement. Um, this, uh, this part of him, of the Hemp Hill Corridor, um, really actually where we live. Um, it's I think it's like Hemp Hill starting like right around like where the, the train tracks cross, like around maybe like is By the it, old like, warehouse like, morning side, like all the way down to the um, like the city's like police fire training. Uh, police and fire training academy it's a really good stretch of yeah. um from the leases chicken from the leases chicken by the train tracks 
all the way okay. almost down to 20. Yeah, like that. Yeah, all the way almost to 20. Yeah. Um, and so this whole part of Hemp Hill is um, being, they've tried to rezone it. Um, and there are two different candidates actually that are working on specifically on the rezoning of Hemp Hill that are sort of on like two of, I don't know, I can't say that they're on opposing sides. Um, I haven't seen anything about them, you know, saying like I'm against what the other person specifically is saying. Um, but there was a, uh, and there's another candidate that I'll talk about that was working with the city on the rezoning on behalf of the residents of Rosemont and another candidate, uh, this one I'm talking about right now, um, Mr. Uh, Avitia is um, not feeling like the zoning is fair and um, that it's going to drive out some of the smaller businesses um, kind of because of what happened in Fairmount. And so they um, co-founded a, a movement called Hemp Hill No Save Vendee. There's a lot of signs up on some of the businesses along Hemp Hill. Um, and that is, uh, you know, they're wanting the the rezoning to be fair and not drive out businesses. Um, although some of the people that are like on the zoning committee um, specifically have said that it's not going to harm, you know, like they're keeping the residents in mind. They're working with the neighborhood association, um, but they're they're still in opposition to it. So that is Mr. Ricardo um, Avitia. And I haven't really found any other information about him um, outside of of his work with Hemp Hill No Save Vende. So um, if you are Mr. Avitia and you're listening, or if you uh, are familiar with this gentleman um, and have some more ideas about uh, what his platforms are, um, please, uh, please let us know. And um, I guess like while I'm on that topic, I'll just go ahead and go on to the candidate uh, Fernando uh, Peralta who is the president of Las Familias de Rosemont. Um, and he has actually been extremely active um, working uh, for the, I guess, working as the president of the neighbor, that's our neighborhood association, uh, working as the president of the neighborhood association over here, advocating for neighborhood improvements with the city. Um, he's been on several different boards, um, with the city. He is a veteran as well um, from the Army, Texas Army National Guard. Um, he works with the with Fort Worth ISD on a site-based decision committees for Rosemont Elementary School, Rosemont Sixth Grade, and um, Richard J. Wilson Elementary. Um, he is on the Hemp Hill Corridor Task Force um, and was kind of advocating on um, changes like with the zoning that are beneficial to families that actually live in this in in the neighborhood um he was also on the fort worth uh pd police interview or police chief interview panel um and he's a, a board member of steer fort worth yeah so that's um, i talked i talked about him last time and that the the panel thing was confusing to me because it didn't say like specifically how he was involved um like what he because he didn't moderate it we i didn't know what his role was in in the panel um well, the I mean, there were other interviews that were taking place behind the scenes that weren't, you know, available to the public. Um, and so I'm assuming that, you know, in the actual interviews that the city was holding with each person, um, he was 
a member of of that panel gotcha. is, is that the way sense. that I take that. I could be wrong. No, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, I think when you were going over his website, there was more stuff than there was when I had gone over it. I think they had maybe just put it up or something. So, so let's I get this more information. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he says on his website that he secured $3.1 million in neighborhood improvement projects for the neighborhood of Rosemont. Um, he advocated for free Wi-Fi for different parts of Rosemont during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, in 2015, Tarrant County Homeless Coalition uh, named him as case manager of the year. Um, he's the assistant director of First Street Methodist Mission. Um, and he is a basketball coach at St. George Catholic School. So um, he's been involved in local goings on in Fort Worth in a lot of different capacities. Um, I think he's a pretty, a pretty strong candidate. Um, I didn't see anything that was like immediately, um, you know, like catching my eye negatively about him. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so it seems that he's, you know, I guess at least to some degree in favor of the current rezoning for this area, um, because he's on the task force. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so it's interesting. We have two, two different candidates with two different perspectives on this, uh, rezoning situation. Um, I will move on to Elizabeth Beck, um, who ran for state senator, right? Anybody that, remember? That know. sounds right. I know it was a state. It was, I don't know. Might have been a representative. Representative. I can't remember if it was senator or representative. Um, but she ran for a statewide position um, this last time around and uh, didn't get elected. Um, now she's running for District 9 uh, city council member or um, city council seat. And um, I liked her when she was running for state rep. And I don't dislike her now that she's running for for a uh, city council. Um, but I felt like a lot of her um, stuff on her platform was like a little bit vague. Um, she is a single mom. Uh, she has a law degree from Texas A&M, um, I think here in Fort Worth. And um, maybe not, I can be wrong about that. Forget that, because I don't want to say the wrong thing. Um, but she has a law degree from Texas A&M and a master's in city and regional planning. Um, and uh, she's actually served as a transportation planner on North Texas City Council of Governments. Um, she's also a veteran. She has a lot of really cute pictures of her and her two daughters on her website. Um, and one of the main things that uh, she, I believe, has uh, is a lifelong Fort Worthian um, and has uh, some of her main things that she was that I found her talking about was um, access to quality healthcare um, and education as like one of her top priorities. And she is very in favor of local self-governance, um, which I like because it's like a big, like, like you, Greg Abbott, um, who keeps trying to like make himself, you know, like king of the entire state and taking away powers from, um, from individual cities and just giving himself like you know, the authority to make cities do whatever they want. Um, and she's like not in favor of that. And I haven't seen any other candidates um, talking about that, um, but I like that she did. And one of her things is um, I think infant mortality and um, it, like infant mortality rates um, in the city. 
um, because a lot of it's it's a problem, especially like in um, you know underserved um, areas where women you know may not you know maybe are living in like areas of concentrated poverty, don't have access to healthcare, um, and you know if you don't get if you don't have access to prenatal care, like you're um, you know at risk for um, mortality rate or you know like um, an infant infant mortality rates, which I don't know. I mean. I don't want to talk about it because it's sad. Um, but that's one of the issues that she has, like, you know, said in the past that is something she's really for. And um, and she wants new leadership in the city as having lived here forever. Um, she doesn't like what's going on. And she feels like we need a new generation of leaders here. Um, and I couldn't agree with her more personally as a person who has not lived here forever. Um, another person um that is running is Doyle Fine and I had the pleasure of meeting Mr. Doyle Fine at a city council meeting once um and I he's uh, an eccentric individual he is very passionate about local politics yes. and um I have not been able to find like an actual page for him um but on his Facebook page um he recounts all of his different um activities that he's been involved in um in you know state politics and um for the democratic party as well as for like just you know in tarrant county and fort worth um and uh like going back to the 60s um he's been very active in politics and um he's also a small business owner and a veteran and um the vietnam veteran uh, he, I'm sorry. He's a Vietnam veteran. Ah, uh, I just wanted yeah. to state what for. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for clear. I didn't realize that. I just knew it was um, a Navy veteran, but yeah, that makes sense. Like given given the time frame and his activities that he's been in, involved in. Um, but he uh, has a degree from TCC, um, or I guess it started out at TCC. He's also has um, a bachelor's from American University in Washington D.C. Uh, and has a degree in political science. Um, he has been the precinct chair of his district. Um, he served as an election judge. Um, he was an Obama, an Obama delegate. Um, and like I said, has just been extremely active in um, in the Democratic Party since the 60s. I didn't see any lapses in his resume on Facebook. <laughs> um, and so I don't have a lot of information about what he cares about or... Um, I can you know, tell like what, you a little bit. Um, I mean, again, I don't know what it'd be his platform, but I, I had the pleasure of meeting Doyle as well. Um, back last, uh, February or March when we were campaigning, when we were canvassing for Bernie Sanders for the primary, um, he, he was canvassing too. So I, I met him when we were going door to door to door and trying to talk to people. And so I know he was a Bernie supporter. So for whatever that's worth, you know, not all Bernie supporters are, are, you know, the same, not everybody values the same policies, the same, but. That should go a lot in telling you like how far on the left or right he is. He's pretty far left. Yeah. And I know um, whenever I whenever I actually met him um, at the city council meeting, it was following um, the protest with George Floyd and he was there uh, or for George Floyd. And he was there, um, you know, speaking on behalf of the protesters, um, or not on behalf of the protesters, but speaking in favor of of, mm -hmm. in support of the protesters. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that I thought that was so funny um, is that at the same time, like this is where, um, you know, like the cities were individually were like, should we put in a mask mandate or should we not? And I think, I think the city of Fort Worth, like either had like 
just decided to hold out on putting on on uh, in enforcing a mask mandate or um were like on the fence about it and like he threw in you know that he thought it was like super important that we you know protect everyone in the city by you know enforcing a mask mandate and he was just like going off the cuff and was like kind of you know like in the middle of this like impassioned talk or whatever and like it was like coming to the end of his time and um he was like well you know in dallas like they've already and they already like put on you know have like you know said that they're doing a mask mandate and i feel like everyone in dallas you know those those their residents are really lucky to have clay jenkins um and you know too bad here in fort worth like we can't have you know um a judge who's gonna do the right thing for the people or whatever and they just like like cut him off and were like all right your time is up like That's as soon right. as he was like like um <laughs> you know throwing like clay jenkins around or throwing you know bringing up clay jenkins they're like okay you're you're done you're done um, I don't know, but that's just my my personal encounters with him. Of course, um, you know that can I guess you know be kind of telling of of where he is, you know at least like in terms of some policies. Um, and so I will move on to uh, Darian George. Um, let me see. Um, so I couldn't really find a whole lot of information about Darian George. They do have a Facebook page. Um, again, you know, adorable family, just like, you know, all of these people with, with children, um, they all have beautiful families. Um, and he is, uh, I guess like, I'll just say like his little platform first, like what I could find was that he, um, embraces public private partnerships. Um, he is for, he cares about the economy and the labor pool. Um, and he is also in favor of early education. I don't know if um, that was intended to be like early childhood education, like pre-K, um, like making pre-K like more available to, to all families. Um, I'm not really for sure. All I found was early education. So it could be taken either way. Um, and he was endorsed by um, Glennis A. Robinson who is the former Fort Worth public librarian strategist. Um, and I did see that he was out uh, volunteering um, after the winter storm and um, was helping people clean up their homes uh, with his wet vac, uh, homes that had flooded. And, um, and he was out, you know, putting in some work to try and help uh, the community. But outside of that, I couldn't find another website for him. Um, and then I found that, we, that brings us to the next candidate, which is Jordan Mims. Jordan Mims, um, I couldn't find uh, an, a website for. Um, they did answer a Ballotpedia survey, only partly. <laughs> um, and so I don't have a bio for them, but I do have a platform. And that's the more important thing, in my opinion. Um, it says Mims uh, Policy Initiatives uh, Center on Economic Justice affordable housing, public transportation, and equitable access to public services. If elected, MIMS will propose a number of ordinances and citywide projects focused on, one, raising the city's minimum wage to $15 an hour, which I was like, yeah, nice. super based. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, number two, developing a fully funded public and permanent housing initiative to eliminate houselessness. Yes. Yeah, and use the term houselessness instead of homelessness, which is like 
the, the trend that's starting. Um, number three, investing in a robust 21st century public transportation system. That sounds great too. And four, rejecting the ongoing gentrification of predominantly black and brown communities in Fort Worth. And I was like, yeah, that too. Like all of those things are really platform. important. Um, so I would like to hear a little bit more about this candidate. Um, if you are Jordan Mims or if you know Jordan Mims, um, please like put them in contact with us. Like we have, uh, we, we have more questions and uh, would like to hear more about what they've got going on. Um, I'm already Look at all the good candidates. candidates. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's District 9. <laughs> it's just the area that this district is. Um, yeah, and everybody's, like, really, like, you know, putting their best foot forward because, like, everybody loves, well, not everybody, but so many people love Ann Zeta. And, <laughs> and so everybody's like, dang, like, we have a high standard to, you know, to be upheld hmm. here. Um, we, we have the only real city council member on the entire city yeah. council. Yes, exactly. Um, And so this next candidate, um, Sabrina uh, Renteria, I cannot, I didn't find very much information about Sabrina. Um, She has a Facebook page and um, I know she owns a small business. She, uh, her business is event planning. Um, I noticed when I was like looking on her Facebook Page that she had retweeted that Abbott was lifting the, the statewide mask mandate. Um, and she, and this is like from her like candidate page, I think. Um, and so she like retweeted that the mask mandate was being lifted, but there, it wasn't really for or against it. You know, it was just like Abbott was lifting the mask mandate and she just like, you know, retweeted, wasn't like for like in favor of it or, um, you know, speaking out like, you know, denouncing it or whatever. Um, Just like so, to keep you informed. Here's what's happening. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And um, and then I noticed, like during the storm, um, she had retweeted some information about um, like I can't remember. I, like a lot of people were retweeting information about the storm, but it was it was like oh, like if you need guidance on you know how to get this type of help, um, I think it was like that the city is like helping with repairs or whatever, like. Um, she was like retweeting some information about how to get help with that. Um, but other than that, I couldn't really find anything about policy. Well, someone asked on her page, like, where can I find out more about your stances on things? And she was saying that she was going to have a page coming up um, in the next couple of days. But I don't think the page is up yet. So um, I can't see too much more about her one way or another. She ha- uh, like the other candidates has a beautiful family. Um, also, uh, there is a candidate, uh, Eric Richardson. When Amber was doing um, her research, she was like, everybody has a beautiful family. Everybody, every, they do. <laughs> every candidate has a <laughs> like, picture of their family. Yeah, like not every candidate has kids, but those that do have beautiful kids. Like it's really strange. Uh-huh. Um, and so, and I mean that. I'm not being facetious. <laughs> I really, I really do mean that. Um, so Eric Richardson, um, not unlike the other candidates, has beautiful kids as well. Um, <laughs> I couldn't find a lot of information about this candidate other than the fact that he is really active in his church community. Um, he seems to be running on, um, you know, Christian family values and, um, 
it it was a lot of stuff about you know like things that he's doing um with some church organizations and stuff like that but as far as like like policies or like platforms um you know for uh, for his candidacy i couldn't really find too too much information the only thing i found i was very disappointed is that um i noted um just because i'm a social worker and because i have some training on these topics um i noticed that he was like recirculating some statistics about sex trafficking that are like uniquely um that of QAnon information um I don't know if it was on accident. I'm not saying that I believe that he is a QAnon supporter, um, but I know that the information that he was um, that he was sharing was like our our talking points used by QAnon, um, and he did a hashtag um, protect our children, um, which QAnon does hashtag save our children. Um, and so it wasn't the exact words, but the stats that he was giving were the were the same um, wrong stats that suggest that there are 500,000 children that um, go missing and are kidnapped every year in the United States and are forced into sex trafficking. Um, and that stat is just not true. Um, and so I do want to go ahead and clear that up because... I, I can't allow this information to like continue being circulated incorrectly because it does a lot of harm um, to but youth Macopium. that are being trafficked. Um, yeah, and so he basically like the stat comes from there being five hundred thousand children that are reported, you know, like as every year that have like maybe run away or um you know like it's just reported like oh i don't know where my kid is um but that but the vast majority of those kids are returned and it's a lot of times just like kids running away as some kids do and the parents call the cops they're like i don't know where my kid is and it gets reported and then you know like four hours later the kid is back home um it's not that there are five hundred thousand children that are put in um into sex trafficking and it's not like like sex trafficking is more it's not small children that are being snatched off the street. It's it's youth, um, ages like twelve to 15, to fourteen, fifteen are like the most prevalent ages. So I don't know. I just felt like I want to clear that up because um, I don't know that this candidate was like intentionally, like you know. I mean, they might have just seen that like in an Instagram post and were like, oh wow, like I feel very passionate about that. Who wouldn't, you know? Um, sure. But they were spreading misinformation that is um, kind of linked to QAnon. So. So, you know, take what you will with that. That's concerning. Um, it is a little concerning because even if, you know, like, even if he's not a QAnon person, like, if you're going to, you know, be putting out stats as, you know, like, a candidate, like, you know, you should fact check that information first, um, yeah. in my opinion. Um, anyways, uh, moving on to last but not least, uh, candidate Jared Sloan. Um, I think this candidate is really strong, in my opinion. Um he is uh, a former firefighter slash EMT. Um, he's a small business owner here in Tarrant County. Um, he chairs the Arts Council of Fort Worth. Um, he's the president of the Alamo Heights Neighborhood Association. So that's two neighborhood association presidents that we have running right now uh, in District 9. Um, and he has uh, recently chaired um, the City of Fort Worth Building Standards Commission. Um, he has a bachelor's of science in 
business and public policy um, from Indiana State University or Indiana University, sorry. Um, and he attended the Kelly School of Business, um, where he also got a minor in political science, and he has an, an MBA from the University of Texas at Arlington. Um, he has a, a nice website that actually has um, a tab that is, I think, how does he title it? I think he titles it like, you know, like um, Jared's like top priorities or something like that. Um, and he put out some sound priorities. And so one of the biggest things that I saw in multiple like tabs on his website is that he's talking about diversity and how important it is um, that Fort Worth is a city that is welcoming um, to people from all different backgrounds, um, all races and ethnicities, and how that's like kind of holding us back, which I completely agree with. Um, I mean, holding us back to say the least, that's like, that's one way to put it, right? Um, but um, he's also really interested in improving our city's infrastructure, which he's the only candidate that I found that said that. Um, and nobody ever talks about infrastructure, but it's like Chris super, super, super important. So I was glad that he brought that up. Um, and he seems to be like into, into the arts in the city, which I thought was like cool. Um, but he wants a city for all, uh, where all of our residents feel safe, welcome and heard. Um, he was kind of viewing district nine as being the urban core, um, just because of like where it's located on the city and, um, in the city, like kind of in the center. Um, and he's calling District 9 uh, Fort Worth's front porch, um, which I thought was interesting and kind of funny. Um, yeah. He, <laughs> um, and he uh, is into public transportation. That's like one, one of his biggest priorities and um, creating solutions for effective, effective public transportation. Um, and each of these, like I'm just going down the list for, for in, in, you know, kind of like reading them like you know, just kind of like an overview, but he actually has like policy ideas and um, like little blurbs on his website um, about how he plans to address each of these things. Um, and so um, he's also uh, concerned about property taxes and uh, wants to quote, fix property taxes um, because our homeowners are getting hammered. Um, and I think that's probably true. Um, can that be addressed? I don't know. Property taxes are like, you know, one of that's you know because i don't know it, it's like we need property taxes but like they are kind of high um and it's really just the way that our city and our state at, as a whole is like set up um i don't know that they can be fixed with our tax system being how it is currently but we'll see we'll see maybe you know he might have some solutions that i'm unaware of you gotta broaden um, the base broaden the base and lower the rate that's how that works if you can't you don't want <laughs> you don't want to shrink shrink the base sorry, yeah sorry yeah, no, that's right. Um, and then education. Um, he wants to improve Fort Worth public schools. Um, his kids go to public schools and, um, you know, has a lot of ideas for how Fort Worth schools can be improved um, and set kids better up for success. Um, you know, like to be, I guess, like to where they're able to get like meaningful employment after after graduation. Um, and yeah, so that's everybody. I, I would say that like my take would be the front runners are probably uh jared sloan um i think that fernando peralta is uh, um probably has a pretty good a pretty good chance i know he's been like 
like going to other neighborhood associations and like kind of talking about his ideas and stuff. Um, so like he's probably a pretty good candidate. I really like Jordan Mims's policy platform, um, but the fact that we can't find a lot of information on him like makes me feel like he's probably going to get looked over. Um, I really like Doyle Fine as a person, um, but again, if he doesn't have you know like those those good websites or whatever like um you know or really putting yourself out there it makes it harder for people to know about about what you're about yeah um and then i would say elizabeth beck um has a good shot because she already ran for a statewide office and people recognize her name you know so like there's been elizabeth beck signs around for i don't know since like like when was the last election? I like time November. means nothing to me anymore. Yeah, but in um, November. So you know, this past this but, past year. Time yeah, is so, a suggestion. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I don't even know when the last election was. Um, but yeah, so like Elizabeth Beck has had signs out and about, and so that name recognition, I think, um, you know, it's like the things that like I think are really important, um, you know, and what I want to see in like a good candidate are probably a little bit different than what how a lot of people think about it. You know, it's like, oh, like I recognize this person's name. Um, I'm gonna vote for that person. You know what I mean? Um, and that's so, we want to, and we want to kind of change that, right? Like that's kind of why we're doing right. this podcast. So like, you don't have to rely on name recognition. You can actually here just check out the spreadsheet we're giving you guys. Just listen to this episode, and and then you can have a lot more information to decide for yourself, and then hopefully do more of your own research. Like we want to, we want to encourage you guys to do this, dig in more. Don't just take our word for it about these people. Um, you know, we've obviously got our perspectives and our biases and opinions anyways, y'all are getting that, you know, regardless. So you got your own, you know, d decide for yourself who, who you think is, is worth your time and stuff. But yeah. And, and I think that like Ricardo, uh, Avitia could also, you know, be a, a pretty strong candidate just because like they do have like that grassroots presence. And, um, I think probably have like some good ideas. Um, but again, like we need to know, you know, we need to get that, like Mike was saying, uh, just kind of echo Mike, um, you know, if we don't have a way to like see what your ideas are, what your agenda is, you know, there's no way for us to, um, to really know. And when you have like people that have not, no information out there versus a person that maybe isn't even as good of a candidate, but mm -hmm. has a lot of information that you can see, that person's probably going to get picked, you know? I just want to, so. this grinds my gears just while we're on the topic, like too many candidates that I was researching, and I'm sure you guys had the same issue, like just had a Facebook page. Um, and like, that was it, which I guess that's better than nothing, but like, that's not enough. Like kind of what you're saying, Amber, like you at least put in the effort to get a website. They're not super expensive. They're pretty user-friendly. I have different services you can get them made. Like it's not, it's pretty low effort just to get one of those things. Even if you don't got a lot on it, like the fact that you put the effort in to get your own website, like really does differentiate between you and like everybody else who's just like making a, a post on Facebook about it or whatever. True. Yeah. Or at least like, if, or at least like, you know, if you're just going to have a Facebook page or whatever, like I don't, I don't have Facebook, but like, can you like pin like posts that have like your agenda on it? Or, you know, like maybe like, like post your platform like a few times, you know, so it's easy for people to at least know like, you know, like what you're about. So we're not having to like infer, you know, like, like what you're like, yeah. what matters. And also like, and yeah. I don't, and I don't, yeah, I saw that a lot, uh, Amber, just to piggyback off that. Yeah. I saw a lot. I was looking specifically for agendas posted on, you know, social media and, you know, Facebook 
uh, pages or whatever the case may be, none of the candidates had their agenda listed on there. It's simple. Just just create a small flyer, list your bullet bullet point agenda points that you want to attack uh, uh, once you maintain office and uh, just put it out there. I mean, for the people to see, it's just create a small leaflet and, and pass it out and, and uh, uh, you know, make sure it's distributed on social media. So it's simple, candidates. Make yourself accessible. The people want to see and know and hear. Exactly. Yeah, especially for like younger voters, like that's kind of like all we really care about are like platforms and policies. <laughs> like, like you know, like I'm I'm over here talking about oh, like what a lovely family, you know. But like, honestly, I don't care if you have a family or not. Like, it's not really important to me. Like, I only really care about like what you plan to do and you know, like how you plan to do it. Like, like younger people, like you know, like those days of like you know, like just being a smooth talker and you know, like having, you know, no hairs out of place and, you know, projecting like, you know, like that, like shiny appearance or whatever. And and then you just kind of say like whatever comes to mind without really saying anything like that. Those those days are over, even at the local level. Um, and I would say especially at the local level, especially like after these last uh, after this last year and this current year, you know, things are not going well, like people want uh, something substantive. I do anyways. Absolutely. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, awesome. Well, we made it through the list. We got everybody and we'll probably, like I said earlier, we, you know, let's get some questions together. Let's send out emails or tweets or Facebook messages or whatever. Let's try and contact as many of these people as we can and then come back, you know, with an episode here in a month, month and a half or something and and, uh, provide all that. That'd be pretty cool. Anybody else got anything else y'all want to say about anything? All right, cool. <laughs> felt, yeah. like, felt like I was uh, teaching my class for a second, doing my, my Zoom. Like, hey, can y- y- y'all understand? Silence. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, awesome. Well, thank you, everybody, for sticking with us. And enjoy yourself. And please register to vote. If you have not already, it's not too late to vote for this coming election. I imagine if you made it this far, you probably have. But if you haven't, do that. Do that stuff. And we'll, we'll come back with you next week covering the mayor or mayoral candidates and do it all over again. So thanks, guys. Have fun. Bye. Bye.